Hey, 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 YouTubers and friends, how are you all doing tonight? Absolutely, totally awesome for the start of winter, I hope. Everybody getting ready for Christmas? I mean, I'm kind of a Grinch. Not really, I'm just, you know, 4th of July is my, my holiday, but when, we don't need to go into that. Well, we have a really great guest tonight. He's been a guest before on Tuesday Night Hangout Live. We have Paleo Joe, a paleontologist from Michigan who goes all over the country and looks for dinos and fish and all kinds of other cool fossils. And if you're like me, you like fossils. And yeah, that is a treasure. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with Paleo Joe, Toledo Jazz, Dano, and hopefully Rose soon. You know I'm here. Don't go away. Hey, YouTubers and friends. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Tuesday Night Hangout Live with Toledo Jazz, Dano, the Treasure Vixens, and I. You know, guys, I was really surprised you weren't chatting up a storm in my ear when I was trying to do all that like you normally do. Well, we were. You were? You must have successfully figured out how to cut us off. Mental block, you know. I, I, I know. do have a... Because I was, I was talking to Joe. That's from having a woman, Ed. That's called selective hearing. You <laughs> well, looks like we have a great crowd in here tonight. Yeah, cool. Willie cool, cool, cool. and the world's greatest <laughs> moderator, Mr. Lodak Vendetta. Mr. Lodak, Jared, How how's it doing? going tonight? Uh, Don G, good day, mate. Um, JP. Rocky Mountain Life Prospecting. I hope the better half's family is all right there in Kentucky and anyone yeah. in Kentucky or the eight states that had a tornado over the weekend. Yeah, they got hit pretty hard. They uh, got hit pretty hard. Yeah, the longest tornado slot in American history as we know now, you know. So. No, I'm not going to be in the chat tonight. GPU. Maybe next year. Well. Hopefully not. What's up, Randy, Scotty, Tony, JB, uh, Lons, and more. Randy, yeah, Scotty, Otis. Tony, not Swiftwater. Yep. Otis in Finger. here. Oh, Otis. Otis, here? brother. Thank you for that coat. Man, the gift Otis. that keeps on giving. One more pan. Good to see you. GoPro Unlimited. Rocky Mountain Live Prospecting. Um, AUR Prospector, welcome. Welcome. Uh, and I don't think I've ever watched, checked out GoldTube. It ain't a porno Ooh. site, is it? Treasure porn? Okay, but I don't need nothing to get me in trouble with the wife. Uh, I do that yeah. enough on my own. I was just gonna, I was, you know, that thought was running through my head. <laughs> like, you need help, <laughs> uh, Dennis. 
Mark um, Miller, music man, Mark Miller, how you doing? Some of these people, I can't wait to meet this coming June. Well, we probably. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see. Todd uh, put out, uh, or uh, Cat put out another great video today. I need to watch it. I'm so behind on video watching. Yeah, he, fortunately, his, his aren't too long, so not too hard to watch. No. It's just no. long enough, you know? Mine's been a lack of time. They they yeah. only make 24 hours in a day, and or only have 24 hours in a day. So. And it's Hendrick. Um, in the house, Rose was supposed to show up. She said she'd be a little late. So. Well, she is. Yeah, that she is. That she that is. She is. And then like, for all our lurker friends out there, uh, like our radio, you're out there lurking, and Jeff, and whoever you know, else is out there, maybe Jeff Williams. Radio. It's hard telling. You know, we do have a few lurkers, you know, Chris Bogus, Polly, yeah. uh, the world famous Two Toes and Smith's Gold and our good friend and brother, Top Cat. Uh, oh, look, David Villa. He decided not to lurk tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, good. That's okay. I, I never really consider him much of a lurker, anyways. David Villa? Yeah. No, no. He says he lurks, but he ends up jumping in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Something stirs him up, he comments. Well, let's, yeah. let's pin up our guest. And Absolutely. I, I don't think we have him for the full show tonight. I know he's a busy oh. man. Okay, well, let me say Sometimes. real quick, hello to Big Red Bullion. Hello. Welcome, Big Red. Welcome. Welcome, Paleo Joe. How's it going? All right. You guys been a while. You guys yeah, keep we've been we've been, we haven't been getting caught anyways. No, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm always in trouble. Ask, ask Ruby, right, Ruby? Right. It's all Ed's <laughs> fault, right, Ruby? Right. <laughs> you weren't expecting an argument, were you, Ed? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> you know they say? You uh, I won't let you forget, Ed. I'll keep reminding you. Oh, thank you very much, Ruby. <laughs> Anytime. So, Joe, what have you been up to? Uh, what, it's been about two years now since well, you've been on the show? It's been quite a while. Half of it's yeah. been taken up by this stupid thing called COVID. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, I've heard about done, that. Haven't done a lot, uh, you know, a lot of digging, a lot of traveling because of that. But uh, been doing a lot of stuff here in Michigan. Uh, I've been updating my website. We've got a online store now. Uh, but I hear you got a lot of gold prospectors and prospectors. I don't know how much they're going to be interested in my fossils I got here. But well, you know, we'll you talk know, a little bit about well, fossils. Well, you know, I think we mentioned this before when you were around. We're you know, we're, yeah, we're gold prospectors, but we, in the process of looking for gold, we look at rocks, we find fossils by the, by the ton some places. And, and, and so it, it piques our curiosity. 
is is what we're finding, you know. So it's and it's it's part of, and we consider it a treasure also. You know, it's treasure yeah, hunt. Yeah, it's my my kind of treasure. You know, I've been collecting right, since exactly. I was a kid. So and, uh, you know, when I was ten years old, I'd go out in the the hills in New York State uh, near Niagara Falls, and I'd find these really weird cre- creatures, you know, in the rock, and th- and that kind of got me started. And sure. um, we didn't have any dinosaur bones. We didn't have any dinosaurs in New York, so I collected things that were in those ancient tropical oceans that once covered New York. And actually, those ancient tropical oceans covered most of the uh, uh, the central Midwest. Uh, uh, all right. the way up from well, all the way up to Canada, all the way down towards uh, Arkansas. Uh, that was all the central uh, uh, seaway at one point, and even before that, uh, we had a couple of oceans that you know kind of crossed over us: uh, Ohio, uh, Indiana, Illinois, uh, New York, Michigan. All these states were underwater during different periods of time of our Earth's right. history. One of our one of our one of our favorite places in southern Ohio, where we go, there's just tons of fossils. Yeah, you know, down by, I mean, down, everywhere. Yeah, so down we, by, we do have an interest in it, you know. Yeah, down down by Cincinnati, there's a lot uh, near Mount Oreb, uh, Miamisburg. Uh, you go to Saint Leon, Indiana. Uh, that was all uh, ancient tropical ocean. You know, you kind of think of uh, maybe the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. That's kind of what that area looked like, you know, millions and millions of years ago. Here in Michigan, most of what we have is Devonian in age, which is about eh, it goes back about 380 million years, which is long before. You know, uh, many land creatures that we had, everything was alive, was in the oceans. And uh, that's kind of what I study. I do dig dinosaurs. I went out to South Dakota uh, two years ago with my daughter. We were digging in the uh, Hell Creek Formation. Uh, I found a bunch of turtle parts, uh, the fairly large turtles back then. They were, you know, six feet in diameter. Uh, my daughter yeah. found a really nice hadrosaur. Uh, tail uh, chevron. And the chevron, you know, you've got the central part, uh, we call it the uh, the centrum of the backbone, and then you've got a process goes up, and then from the bottom, there's another process comes down. She found right, that bottom right. part, and those are the, the bones that actually attach the muscles to the tail, so the tail can wag back and forth, so she found one of those. Uh, we found lots of stuff. Uh, we found some hadrosaur teeth, I mean, it was just a, a great time, and it was in South Dakota. So we do travel and do other things. Uh, one of the big things that I love to do, and a lot of your, your guests are from out west, um, there's a place called Kemmerer, Wyoming. It's in the southwestern corner of Wyoming, and it's a pay-to-dig site. It's like $75 for half a day, but that's where you get all those beautiful fossil fish. Um, cool. And the fossil fish you find there, you get to keep every fish you find. I don't care how big it is. You know, it could be two feet long. It could be a little tiny minnow. Whatever fish you find, you get to keep that. And they're beautifully preserved. Uh, basically, you don't have to do much. Um, you go to the quarry. It's the Warfield quarry. And if you're interested, it's the uh, um, fossil safari, if you want to Google them. And what they do is they break the rock off the side of the cliff. They let you go up to the cliff and break some off yourself. Then you flip it on its end and you tap it really light. When you do that, natural fissures open up in the rock. As you put your chisel and smack it with a hammer, it opens up. And a lot of times there's something inside. Um, there could be something as simple as fish poo or uh, scales, but sometimes there's some really good looking fish inside there too. So again, a lot of places around the country to find really great fossils. Uh, Utah, again, a great place to find pretty much everything from the beginning of time, from the uh, Cambrian explosion, all the way up to the uh, ice age in modern times, they've got rocks of those ages somewhere in Utah. So Utah is a great place to go as well. Just lots of, places, lots of nice stuff. That's, that's one of the places you visit quite often, isn't it? Yeah, um, I've been going. I've been going to Utah to do some dinosaur digging out there for the last 15 years. Uh, we've got a site down in Hanksville in the southern uh, 
South Central Utah, um, we've been finding long neck dinosaurs there. We found four different species, uh, Camarasaurus, Barosaurus, Diplodocus, and Apatosaurus. Um, and we found some Stegosaurus material. There's been some uh, uh, Ankylosaur material, the guys with the clubs on the end of their tails. Um, there's been some Allosaurus, some meat-eating dinosaur material found there as well. Actually, one of my protégés, um, a girl that I've been uh, kind of taking around the country uh, with her parents, uh, showing her different fossil sites. She's actually in Eastern Tennessee State University right now studying to be a paleontologist. And when she was out there, she found part of the uh, of a skull of an Allosaurus. So that just kind of kept her going. So she's now going to become a paleontologist. And one other kid that I, I met when he was about 10 years old, his parents brought him up to one of my digs in Michigan. And uh, again, his parents are very supportive. I took him and his parents around the country and he graduated last year with a degree in paleontology. So I'm pretty pleased that I've been able to, you know, spark an interest in, in some of the youth. around. That's, the country. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. That's, that's, that's like having a, that's like a youth football coach. <laughs> Having one of his his boys make it to the pros, you know. Yeah, but my my team's pretty small. It's not as big. Yeah, well, as hey, team. no, trust me. Even most coaches' teams are pretty small. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's nice to be able to spark someone's interest, and that, oh, that's kind of what I try to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many of your people listening right now. I don't even know how many are on right, uh, right now, but I do lead, I do lead some digs uh, across the, uh, across the state of Michigan. Uh, I lead them in the summertime and they're basically family digs. They're beginning digs uh, to right. get kids interested. You know, usually um, elementary school kids. Uh, I do get a lot of adults that come out there first time uh, collecting fossils and they find lots of what we call brachiopods or seashells. They find uh, corals. And I brought a couple of things with me today too. Um, Corals are creatures that live on the bottom of the tropical oceans, you know, many millions of years ago. And we still have corals today. And uh, there's really two kinds of corals. There's something called a solitary coral. It grows by itself. And then there are colony corals. And this one right here, this is just happens to be a solitary coral. It grows by itself on the bottom of the ocean. And it's an animal. Up here at the top, it would have tentacles that stuck up in the water. And as stuff would float by in the water, those tentacles would grab that food and bring it down inside and into the middle right there. So this is a solitary coral. It started its life as a free-floating larva. It kind of like float through the water and attach itself to a rock or something that it would start to grow. It's got a hard exoskeleton on the outside. That's what gives it its shape. And the only part of the coral that was actually the creature was up here right at the top. Uh, and as it grew, it would lay down a basement, just keep growing, and it would have those feathered fingers. So that's a solitary coral, and that's from here in Michigan. So is that is that like a is that like a horn coral? Yeah, that's a horn coral. Yeah, that's a is that, one of the is that what it is? Yeah, coral, yeah, that's a horn coral. And then, we, yep. we find them, you know, about you know maybe that big. Yeah, right. yeah. Ohio, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times what happens is a lot of stuff, uh, because we were a tropical ocean, uh, there were a lot of storms like hurricanes. And when a hurricane comes close to land, uh, it churns up the water, kind of destroys the ecosystem, and then it hits the land and it washes out what we call a slurry of mud and sand and all kinds of stuff, right. clay, washes it out into the ocean and covers up all these creatures and begins the fossilization process. Well, then the ecosystem starts to recover again. It starts to grow. Then these creatures come back and uh, more creatures come in, uh, inhabit that area. Then here comes another storm and it destroys the whole ecosystem again. And the closer you are to shore, the smaller the fossils are tend, tend to be. Uh, the deeper the water, the larger they are. That one's probably, you know, came out of some deeper water. But, you know, a lot of you people, when you go around to rock shows, you see these really cool 
cool rocks. And people call these things Petoskey stones. Well, this is what we call hexagonaria coral. This is not a Petoskey stone. It's not a Petoskey stone until you slice it, polish it, and charge people lots of money for it. It's <laughs> like this. It's called hexagonaria coral. So again, this is a, a coral, uh, a colony coral. It grows together in large colonies. Every one of these little indentations here had a tiny little creature with those tentacles that stuck up in the water. And again, these guys grow the same way. They start life as a free-floating larva until they can attach themselves to a rock right here on the bottom, right there is the starting point. And once they start to grow, they reproduce asexually, which means they send out buds. So as a colony coral, they start sending out buds in a, in a concentric ring like this, just keep budding bigger and bigger and bigger, and they just grow into these giant colonies. We park our car uh, in one of the quarries that we went to. Uh, we'd park our car in a colony like this that's 25 feet in diameter. That was a really old coral. So again, this is what made up some of the coral reefs that are here in Michigan, New York, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, uh, and even down further south. Um, in Georgia, Alabama, we find corals like this. We find trilobites and, and seashells and things that grew in those ancient tropical oceans. So really, you can find a lot of stuff all over. Kentucky, Tennessee, I mean, I'm missing a couple of states, but you can see that this was quite a large area that was inundated by water time and time and time again. Very so cool. a lot of fun to find these kind of things. And I brought lots of other stuff oh, as well. I, <laughs> I love it when I find fossils. I, I think everyone in this chat room likes fossils and rocks. Right. And and, and our uh, our chat room is pretty diverse. They're from you know, southern part of the country, out west, up north, around the world. Michigan, Ontario, New York. Yeah, I mean, they're. That's why I'm trying to mention a lot of the different states where we find these fossils. They're not right. just located in one, one little spot, they're located all over the world. I mean, uh, down in Florida, there's some great locations in Florida where we find lots of Pleistocene or Ice Age material. Um, we're finding uh, giant megalodon teeth, giant shark's teeth. We're finding all kinds of stuff um, basically all over the country. Pennsylvania has got the Pennsylvanian ferns. I mean, I, those things we've also seen in rock shops, those black pieces of shale with those white ferns on them. Uh, right. Pennsylvania's got fossils. Uh out in Washington State and Oregon, there's a lot of stuff out there as well. I, we I was going to say, back home in Washington, I'd find uh, ferns and pond frond leaves. And... Yeah, yeah, stuff all over. Well, one of the other things that I really started looking at recently, um, there's a there's a place in Rochester, New York. Uh, it's a Silurian deposit. Silurian was a, an age way back when, when we were covered by water. Uh, we have some Silurian rocks um, in Indiana, in southern Indiana, a little bit, uh, just touching a little bit of Ohio. Uh, New York has got a lot of Silurian in age. And um, there, it was kind of the same thing. And the fossils are created kind of the same way, no matter where you are. Uh, there's got to be a lot of water, because in the water, there's a lot of minerals that are suspended in solution. And everything's got to have a hard part of some sort to become a fossil. And what happens is when this thing is buried, it starts to decay or decompose. And those minerals in the water just start to replace what's rotting away. So that's why after all this time, we actually have um, a lot of uh, a lot of fossils. 
So the other thing, uh, in New York, we've got those Silurian age rocks. And there's a special part in Middleport, New York, that was discovered while they were digging the Erie Canal. They were digging the Erie Canal from Albany over towards Buffalo. As they got through Rochester area and then Middleport and Lockport, they're digging through the sediment of really beautiful, thin, fine-grained gray shale. And as they're digging through it, they're breaking it open, and there's all kinds of really weird weird things inside that rock. Some of those things were trilobites. Some of those things were crinoids, and they're just really beautiful things. And um, starting back then, we had people just kind of crawling all over the rocks looking for stuff. Well, I've been starting to collect a lot of Rochester shale material. And let me try to do this right here. This here, that's a crinoid. That one is an ichthyocrinus crinoid. And crinoids are animals. They're animals. They're echinoderms. They're related to... Uh, basically related to starfish, uh, sea urchins, and things like that. And that thing, although it looks like a plant, it's actually an animal. It's called a crinoid. It's ichthyocrinus. The crinoids are made up of a couple different parts. It's made up of something we call a holdfast. A holdfast is kind of like a root system. So forget what I just said. They're not roots because these are not plants. These are animals. The holdfast is a system that actually attaches the creature to the bottom of the ocean, to the substrate, to a rock, to a, a, another, another creature. Then there's that big, tall stalk. Uh, we don't call it a stem because it's not a flower. It's, it's a stalk. At the top of that stalk, there's a ball. That ball is something we call a calyx. Uh, on top of the calyx are the feathered fingers where this creature actually grabs its food and brings it down inside. Again, remember, this thing is an animal. Lots and everybody, lots of different species of crap. Everybody, everybody, everybody's talking about the fossils they have on their desk and by their computers. Like I, you know, like I said, you know, out doing prospecting, even metal detecting, we we are first of all we're looking in the, at the ground, so you're seeing this, and we do collect most anything because <laughs> we're weird that way. That, that's <laughs> why we wanted you on a couple of times joe because you know we all dig fossils and along with our rocks and gold and i i i absolutely find paleontology a fascinating science you know it is. It's pretty fascinating to see what was alive back then. A lot of times when you break open a rock, you're the first person to see that in millions of years. And that's, right. what's, that's what's so exciting about right. it. Uh, but again, this thing here is, is, is unique because this was knocked over by a storm surge. It came into the land, picked up that mud and slurry and brought it back out. On here, there's also another thing. Uh, this thing right here, that's called a cystoid. It's very similar to a crinoid. It's the same thing. It's an echinoderm. It's a, a member of the echinoderm family. Um, it's got these long arms that it captures the food, brings it down inside that ball right there. Uh, again, it's a different species, different kind, different genus of creature, but it's still a kind of creature that lived attached to the bottom of the ocean floor. In that same quarry, we find lots of trilobites as well. We find the, uh, the famous Arctonaris, which is a trilobite about the yay big, and we find smaller trilobites called Calamini. So what we see there is an entire ecosystem. Everything that was alive in that water when that storm hit and washed all that mud and clay out into the shallow tropical seas and lagoons, it captured everything the way it died back then. So really kind of interesting. And there's a couple other ones. This one I brought out earlier when uh, before we got went online. Um, this one comes from a place uh, in Illinois uh, called Crawfordsville. Very, very famous location for crinoids. And this is another one right here. This one is absolutely gorgeous. 
There's right. a coral right down here at the bottom. There's a coral at uh -huh. the top. So again, when a storm comes over, it just kind of pushes things along with the water column and things get mixed up. Right. Well, the stem is right there. I call it a stem. It's a column. It's a, it's a stalk. The stalk <laughs> is right there. Then the ball is right here, the calyx, and it's got these feathered arms right there. I'm going to try to come in as close as I can. I don't know if you can see those little hair-like structures there. Yeah. Yeah. Those, oh, yeah. Structures, those are called pinules, and that's actually the, the, the part of the creature that captures the food. On those pinules are little tiny tube feet. And, uh, well, if you see a starfish uh, walking across an aquarium somewhere, you see all those little tiny feet. That's right. the kind of same thing they've got. So they capture that food with those with those tube feet and they feed it to the middle of the arm and then it goes down the channel using cilia and it, the cilia kind of move it down to where the mouth is and the creature can eat. So really it's kind of exciting. One more thing I want to talk about before I move on from these guys is um, in nature, in nature, there's a symbiosis. There are creatures that rely on other creatures to live and survive and they can only survive when they're together. Uh, really good symbiosis. Uh, sometimes it's parasitic. Sometimes that one creature is taking nutrition from another one, but sometimes they're quite symbiotic. It's very difficult to see on this one. I wish you could see it better. But what happens is these crinoids, they've got a mouth, but they also have a butt. They have what's called an anal tube because it has to get rid of waste products. Every creature right. on earth, even plants, have to get rid of waste products. Right. So we're on to. Yeah, so what happens is this is a gastropod right here. The gastropods actually attach themselves to the anal tube of the crinoids, and they feed off what the crinoids are expelling. So those creatures <laughs> are actually symbiotic. Many times when we find them preserved like this, we will find a gastropod, a snail, attached to the anal tube of a crinoid. So really cool symbiotic creatures. I'll let uh, you guys talk for a while. Well, let me, I, I got a question. I, I, so... You said that in order to form a fossil, you need water, right? Yep. Okay. So, and I know that at, at one point we were, most of the country or all the country was underwater, right? At different times. Yep. So, in an area like, let's say, the Midwest here, where we find a lot of the, the uh, those types of little creatures, do you also find the bigger dinosaur bones around here? I mean, I don't, I mean, or are not those around, not around here? Um, right. Okay. So is that because of, of the, 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 the uh, area and climate that was in this area as compared to what Hasn't, it was like uh, uh, where there was dinosaurs? Hasn't yep. a mastodon been found in Ohio and Michigan? Giant yeah. fossils found not far from me up above but, where I yeah, and those, those aren't dinosaurs, though. Those are mammals. Those are creatures that lived during the last oh. ice age. Let me try to explain that question. Um, the fossilization process is very unique. There, there are other ways that fossils can be formed by freezing, by falling into La Brea tar pits, by amber. But most of the time, it's by mineral replacement. It's got to be changed into a mineral. That mineral can then uh, withstand the test of time. So, yeah, water is very critical. Most of what we find at one time was in water, and a lot of the stuff we're finding are actually marine creatures. So they get buried while they're in the water, then they right. get replaced. A lot of the dinosaur material we're finding out west is found by the banks of a stream. 
uh, or maybe the the, uh, the fish thing in Kemmerer, Wyoming. That was a, a, a lake that was there. So what happens is these creatures, you know, fall down near a river, near a stream, near a lake. They get picked up and deposited in water. Again, they get covered up. And then over a very long period of time, uh, it gets inundated with water and the water goes away. And then maybe the water comes back, water goes away. And as the thing is rotting underground, that those minerals in that water are replacing the uh, the actual uh, the bone. Now, we don't find many dinosaurs in the Midwest, first of all, because we were underwater during a lot of the time of the age of dinosaurs. But we're now starting to find some. Uh, we're finding some in Arkansas. There's a, a, a new raptor they're discovering down there. So it, it just depends on how deep you're going. Are you getting to the right rocks? Out in um, in uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, we're finding lots of dinosaur trackways. We're not finding dinosaurs, but we're finding their trackways. So obviously the dinosaurs didn't die in the perfect place to become fossils. They died in a high ground or maybe a scavenger came by, a dinosaur dies and a scavenger comes by and tears it apart. And there's nothing left. That kind of stuff happens today. A deer dies out in the woods uh, or a hunter shoots one and it goes out and it dies. They can't find it. Right. scavengers like coyotes will come by or wolves and they'll tear that whole thing apart and it's gone so again the, the the creatures are torn apart they can't become fossils now we have mammoths and mastodons that are found uh in ohio indiana uh michigan new york those are ice age creatures did we have dinosaurs here it's possible but we had some thing called an ice age the ice age came down across canada and according to some geologists' uh, uh, ideas and opinions, there was two miles worth of ice over top of New York City, Buffalo, Chicago, Detroit, two miles of ice. Well, as that ice came down, it scraped away lots and lots of sediment and dumped it and buried, uh, buried a lot of that stuff that might have had dinosaurs, buried it in lots and lots of sediment. So we can't get to those locations. The reason in the Alpena I'm finding so many beautiful fossils from the oceans is when the Ice Age came by, it scraped away all that dirt that might have had dinosaurs in it and scraped it away, exposing rocks that were 380 million years old. Those Devonian 385, 390 million year old rocks that have those ancient coral reefs in them where we find these uh, seashells and corals and crinids. So the Ice Age got rid of everything. There's nothing there. Uh, there's a spot up there. I'm flapping my gums too much. There's a spot. <laughs> no, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Yes, he likes that. But, but I do. But I, but I do have a couple of questions here because people are asking questions sure. about. Well, I, I think you answered the one question. Somebody asked if, if uh, those were actual uh, fossils or were they castings? Uh, they're they're cast. uh, or, or castings. Yep, yep they're C castings. Uh, very rarely do we actually have the real fossil. Again, the way you, where you get the real bone material is a place like La Brea Tar Pits, where you get the real bone materials up in Siberia where the fossils have, have frozen. Um, that's usually where you find the good bone material. Uh, right. Anything else is, is, is a, basically a casting. If it's found in rock, it's a casting. Okay, so it's found in rock, it's a casting, but it's a mineral, mineralized casting, yep. right? Yep. So when, because I watched some of your videos where you're cleaning up and getting getting rid of the host rock from around them, and and then do you you coat those afterwards, right? Sometimes, that, sometimes. I wish we had hours and hours to talk. Oh, I'm, I'm um, sure. What, I'm sure. What you, we do, and I'm sure you could go for hours. <laughs> we do have uh, some. Uh, liquids that we do use when we're in the field we have something we call a stabilizer because those bones are extremely brittle this is a, a 
part of an ankle uh, of a uh, of a hadrosaur. This is an ankle bone right here. You see all the cracks there? This mm. stuff is extremely brittle. It, it, out in the field, you try to pull this out of the ground, it's going to fall apart into hundreds of pieces. So what we do is we have a chemical we call a stabilizer. We make it ourselves, and we ap apply that to the bone and around the bone. That will then solidify and harden that bone so it doesn't break, doesn't fall apart. And then we can, you know, cast it, jacket it, and remove it. As you can see, I'm in my studio. Um, one good thing that happened during COVID is I started doing Zoom programs and started doing a lot of virtual stuff. So I built myself a studio in one of my bedrooms. But anyway, this is a plaster jacket. I just lost a piece of bone. What we do oh, is no. we stabilize the bone inside. And you can see how broken it is. It's all cracked up. And actually, it's moving right there. So what happens is this stuff is broken. We have to stabilize it, put a plaster jacket on it, and then bring it back to the lab. And as we clean it, we also put on more stabilizer, or we do actually use different kinds of glue. Let me pick up this piece of bone. Okay. We do actually yeah, pick use, up your bone. <laughs> we do actually use different kinds of glue, and a lot of those we make ourselves. We have one we call Vinac. Uh, Vinac is a mixture of plastic beads and acetone. You mix those together, it creates a really nice liquid. When you put the liquid on the bone, the uh, acetone evaporates very quickly, leaves the plastic behind after it filled in some of those uh, hollow spots within that bone. Oh. So that stabilizes and, and repairs the bone. So, yeah, there are a lot of things that we can apply to these things that make them a lot stronger because they will fall apart. So, yes, we do have some uh, uh, stuff that we put on the, on the bones. Sorry about that. Long-winded uh, answer. No worries. Okay. Well, that works for me. Let me tell you. Uh, so, uh, Ohio Relic Hunter has a, a, a question here. What's the relative age of the coral that you held up? About, three, million, about 380, years old? 385, 390, 380. Uh, we, always go, we always say plus or minus 2 million years because, you know, when you get that... <laughs> When you get there, it's 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 kind of a kind of a crapshoot there, but yeah, the the age is right around uh, Devonian in age, three hundred eighty five, three hundred ninety million years. See, so you guys, that 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 is before me. <laughs> just a little, just a little. Well, this is one right here. This is a Triceratops vertebra. Back it up a little bit, and this one um, got in South Dakota. And this is the centrum I was talking about before, the middle part. Right there, the hole, that's where the spinal cord went through. And then these are some of the processes where the where the tail muscles were attached. There's a piece that's missing right here. It should have been there. It's gone. It got broken away. I had to actually break this thing into three sections in order to clean it. Uh, I broke off the, the top of it. I broke out the middle. And then I broke off the, the entire bottom of it in order to clean it and prepare it. So, yeah, uh, once I break it, I got to glue it back together. But... It right. came together beautifully. And any cracks that we have, there's a, a putty that we use. It's a two-part putty. Uh, you mix it, uh, the hardener and then the, and the actual putty. You mix it together, and you can actually fill those cracks. And I tell you, you know, you probably can't see them from there because it's on camera. But I dare you to see where the cracks are where I filled them. Uh, that's how good this putty is. So, actually, this, is, uh, this has been broken many times in order for me to clean it. But this is uh, a triceratops vertebra that I cleaned about two years ago. That's crazy. Now, uh, I talked a little bit about the Ice Age stuff. Um, one thing is... Yeah, see, gonna, we, we love the Ice Age here in Ohio. Yeah. Well, That's what brought us our gold. You guys have a, a creature called a Castroides uh, Ohioensis, which is actually um, 
the name of a beaver. And the beavers back then uh, were about as big as a black bear. Um, there's a couple of guys that have found complete skeletons of this, this beaver. has the same kind of teeth, same kind of skull, but the teeth are uh, between five and six inches long. They're giant teeth. To, to illustrate that point, I'm a deer hunter. I, I do some deer hunting. I, I eat the meat. I don't throw any of it away. This is a vertebra from a modern deer. This is about the size of the backbone of a modern deer that you see running across the streets or running across a farmer's field or maybe a hunter on a buck pole. Well, back during the ice age, the deer were just a little bit different. This is the same bone from the same part of the deer as this one, but it's just a little bit different. Right? Wow. That's, wow. A That's a prehistoric deer. This one is called, actually the common name they call this one is Irish elk. Um, it wasn't an elk. It wasn't a moose. This was a giant deer. And if you look at it, it's almost oh, identical wow. to the to the modern deer bone right there. So again, right. uh, we've had some creatures here that were quite large during the Ice Age. And uh, those things can be found uh, in Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, New York. Um, and again, you know, they're, they're, they're found and they're found fairly close to the surface. But everything between the Ice Age and about 350 million years, that's, uh, that's all been gone, pushed away. Do you have some that's, more questions? A, that's not a beaver. That's a deer, guys. Yeah, that's a giant. That, that's a gi uh, giant deer. Yeah, the beaver was about the size of a black bear. Yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. That would be one hell of a backstrap, huh? Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Brewers prospecting. <laughs> Were there any other questions on the chat? Uh, so I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Jared, Jared says an ice age the deer hunted you. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a – I can't remember what airport. I do a lot of traveling, obviously, to go around all these states digging up fossils. There's an airport, and I think it might be Minneapolis, where they have one of these, these giant deer on display, and the antler, the rack, is just absolutely humongous. It's like eight feet long. It's just a beautiful rack, giant deer. Um there's also other creatures we've had around uh, the mammoths and mastodons. They were here at different times. They overlapped a little bit, but the last creatures that lived here were the the, the giant mam uh, mastodons um, that lived in. Well, I'm talking Michigan now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, Ken, I see practical. Yeah, practical. Ken's got a thing up there. He's found some coprolites and fish in the gypsum mine in Grand Rapids. Yeah, there's a gypsum mine over in Grand. Excuse me, Grand Rapids. I got to stop drinking pop. Uh, gypsum mine in Grand Rapids, and uh, unfortunately they closed it to the public. But before you used to be able to get in there, and you'd find shark coprolites, you'd find sharks' teeth and things like that. Oh, yeah. The gypsum is, are the remains of those little tiny microscopic things called diatoms, and they, you know, things live and die in the ocean. They die and fall to the bottom. And if a shark dies, it falls to the bottom. Sharks, you don't get cartilage; it preserves um, only the the teeth preserve. So this stuff keeps falling down and covering these things up, and over time, it made what people call gypsum. And another uh, another way to tell that we were once a bottom of a shallow tropical sea is Detroit. Detroit is built on a sand, uh, on a salt dome. Uh, underneath Detroit is all salt. Where'd that salt come from? It came right. from the ancient oceans. So again, reading the rocks, and you guys do it all the time. You know, you look at the sure. sand. And you can tell that there's gold there by looking at the color of the sand. We can tell what fossils are like. We can read the history of those fossils by looking at the rocks. The rocks actually tell us a story. Same thing when you're digging, digging gold. That gold right. will tell you a story. It tells you where it came from, how it got there. 
and the ground tells us where it could be. Yeah, you know, exactly. just just by looking at. It. Uh, oh, okay, a, so we you see that? Yeah, the, the, no such thing as giants. Um, the really cool story here. Here comes a really good one. Um, uh, you could get people who care less about fossils to start following you. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I kind of try to make it exciting. We didn't have giants. If you think about large creatures, um, Neanderthals were a little bit bigger than we were. Uh, you think about the Maasai tribes in Africa, they're really tall. But we also have the pygmies of Africa that are really small. Uh, Java man was actually a very small creature. Um, we didn't have anything like a giant. Uh, the, the biggest creatures we had were not much bigger than we are. Uh, we actually are a fairly large species of our own. You can tell I'm, I'm kind of pretty large. I like my food. But there was uh, a, basically, these are myths and legends from way back when, before we had paleontologists and scientists. There were people that created this myth of a creature called Cyclops. Cyclops was that giant with one eye in the middle of his head. That's not a real man. What they did is they were out doing whatever they're hunting, gathering, whatever. They found this giant skull. It was a huge skull. And right in the middle was a giant hole. And they found these really big, long teeth. And if you look at some Bible reconstructions or you look at some of the myths and legends, you'll see the Cyclops had, you know, long teeth right here. Well, they found all these bones and they put them back together to make it look like a human because that's what we knew. They put the skull on top. They put the ribs here. They put the arms out and the legs down. But what they found was actually an elephant. And elephants have that giant trunk. That giant trunk, that's what that hole is right there for. That's where the right. trunk was. But again, ancient people didn't know any better. Um, they thought that was one eye. So that's where the legends of, of the giants and cyclops came from. Uh, elephants got those tusks. That's why they put the teeth right here on the cyclops. Same thing in China. Uh, in China, about 5,000 years ago, Chinese were discovering these giant bones in the ground. They had no scientists, no paleontologists. They came up with the myths and legends of dragons. In England, um, in the Middle Ages, they found these giant bones where they're digging coal. They needed the coal to fire their furnaces to keep their houses warm, but they're finding these giant bones. They came up with the myths and legends of dragons because there was nobody there to tell them what they were. So that, that, I diverted again a little bit there, but yeah, that's, that's <laughs> how we get some of these things. That, 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 and that's giants. Well, they weren't giants. It's just something different. That's how we got diverted from just gold to other treasures. <laughs> Well, exactly. I, I'll tell you what, before I, before I bore everybody completely out of here, uh, if you guys want to do something for me, um, I do have a Facebook page. Uh, it's Paleo Joe, uh, P-A-L-E-O-J-O-E. You can see it on the screen there. And um, I can't take any more friends. I've reached Facebook's limit of 5,000. But if you want to follow me, what I'm doing right now is called Fossil of the Day. Starting back in October, I started doing a different kind of fossil every day. And every day I post something about a different kind of fossil. Today, I posted about a turtle piece I found out in South Dakota. Tomorrow, I'm going to post about my daughter finding some stuff in South Dakota, too. But every day I post a different kind of fossil from seashells to corals to trilobites to triceratops bones. I post something every day. I started that when COVID really started to hit. When we all got stuck, we all had to stay home. You couldn't go out right. anywhere. I did 90 days in a row of fossil of the day and about once a week, once every two, three weeks, I did a little short video just for the kids 
to get them right, interested right. in paleontology, to keep them from just watching TV or playing Nintendo or, or Wii or whatever they're playing. I wanted them to get some sort of education out of it. So I started doing my fossil today way back when during COVID. And then I did some fossil videos. A lot of my fans keep yelling at me, say, hey, do more videos. Uh, I just wish I had the time. Uh, recently, mm -hmm. we just opened up our store. Uh, we have an online store. Um, it's on my website, paleojo.com. If you go to the Dropbox area, go all the way to the right, there's a little red box that says shop. If you click on that, it gives you all the different categories that we have. But we've got hundreds and hundreds of fossils that we're selling right now. And I'm just trying to keep up putting these fossils online so the public can buy them. Just today, I posted a whole bunch of trilobites uh, from around the world. I posted some, uh, I've got some dinosaur teeth out there, some ginkgo leaves. Uh, insects from the Green River Formation in Wyoming. Some of the fossil fish that we found uh, from uh, Kemmerer, Wyoming are on that uh, on that website. So if you're interested, in, uh, we might still have some time before Christmas to get somebody that real special Christmas gift uh, or even something for yourself. Uh, you can order right straight through the, uh, through the website. We use uh, uh, the website does everything. We never see your credit card information or anything. The website takes care of all that. And uh, we'll pack it up and ship it out to you. Hopefully get it to you before Christmas. But I've been working really hard on the website, on the store. Uh, again, the website is designed for people to get on there and just look at it and see what fossils right. are about. And that's at uh, www.paleojoe.com, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Darren put it out there. Yeah, you, you go to paleojoe.com, you'll find the store, you'll find uh, TV shows, radio shows, you'll find some stories uh, on there. I've got uh, all different uh, descriptions of fossils. Uh, in the middle of the page, I've got uh, uh, where we're going to be next for rock shows, mostly here in the Midwest. And also, right. here, time to beat my own drum here. Um, in 2001, I won the Catherine Palmer Award from the uh, uh Paleontological Research Institute in New York for the work I do with fossils. And this year, 2021, I won the Charles Sternberg Medal from the Association of Applied Paleontological Sciences. So uh, I got an yeah, award cool. back in 2021. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. No and again, that one was basically for my educational uh, um, <laughs> opportunities I'm uh, affording to the public. A li lifetime achievement award, I guess. Very cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think we can speak for the chat, too, when um, it seems like every, everybody's actually pretty enthralled. You've apologized a couple times, but you've got you've got everybody listening. It's almost like taking a master class. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. You can tell I love what I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, and I, I, I think that's how I uh, how I found you, because I I was looking up something on uh, some uh, fossil I found on Facebook and I come on your page. Actually, I was on another page and everybody kept going, check out Paleo Joe, check out Paleo Joe. Every time they would, somebody would ask something. And, <laughs> so then, you that, came and, to, so, and then you came to the rock show in Toledo and saw me. Right. Right. That's right. And uh, then you came on the show and that's, that's been fun. I, and, and, and I catch, uh, fortunately, I think I'm one of your friends on Facebook is, yep. I get notifications. I you pop up with your your fossil of the day every once in a while. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> that's cool. Uh, but yeah, I've I've always liked fossils. They've always intrigued me, me too. Just I, like you know, I was. It, it intrigues me like that that brown paper bag sitting on the side of the road as I'm driving by. Come on, <laughs> I wonder what's in that bag. <laughs> you know. But, Jerry, uh, yeah, we, you would I, like to know um, how old you were when you first got hooked. 
about 10 years old. Um, again, growing up in New York State, uh, New York was very fossil rich. And I go out in the woods and find these really queer, crazy little things on rocks. And that's where I started looking for fossils. And I basically done it my whole life. I spent um, eight years in the military. Uh, I graduated college. I went to ROTC. So I became an officer. Why? I don't know. But I spent my career, most of it over in Europe. Um, and uh, when I got out of the army, I went right back into it again. So I've been doing paleontology my whole life. And now my daughter's taken over for me. So uh, this old fossil, when he retires, I've got another another person going. And my grandson, uh, Joey, maybe he'll be another paleo Joey. Paleo Joey. <laughs> that almost sounds Australian. <laughs> so we got any more questions in here? Anybody else got some questions for Joe? Uh, Ed, yeah, I brought and some you want to open up the, you want to take some questions over to sure. see if anybody calls in? Yeah, well, we can. Absolutely. I can keep flapping my gums until somebody has well, a question. Maybe they'll start asking gonna... questions so I shut up. But... <laughs> so, yeah, I'll put the link down in the live chat and right. see. So I have a, and I was going to, I had my dates mixed up. I didn't. I thought you were going to be on next week. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember if this was going on. I, if I told you about my neighbor across the street who has a pile of sand that that was filled, it was filled dirt from a, a really old gas station. So they pulled it out, and it was all sand and rocks. And I'm looking at the rocks, and they're just it's just full of tiny little fossils. Yeah, I was gonna grab some up for the for the night show, but I was thinking it was next week. Yeah, there's a couple places like that. Uh, Aurora, North Carolina. Uh, there's a the Fisk Fossil Museum there. Uh, they go out and I don't know where they dig it, but they dig a bunch of fossil rich sediment. They bring it to the museum and dump it. Then they let people dig through it, and the kids are finding shark's teeth, uh, stingray barbs, pufferfish jaws. Uh, all kinds of stuff in there. And again, um, it's it's very rich sediment. And there's some places around the world that are like that. Not everywhere. You're not going to find fossils everywhere. But where you do find them, you usually find a, a, a substantial amount. Again, because the fossilization process is so unique that that's where the fossils are and that's where they've been made and that's where you're going to find them. Um, and again, right now, some of the paleontologists in Arkansas are getting into the layers where they're finding dinosaur stuff in Arkansas. So at one point, there was a spot of land up above the water and dinosaurs lived there. Hmm. Now, you mentioned uh, the La Brea tar pits earlier. Now, California. They, those, those bones they pull out of there, those are actual bones, right? Yeah, and I'm looking for some of my La Brea material I don't have here in the studio. But That's yeah, anything that falls into the tar pits is, is going to be preserved uh, basically as bone material. Um, you're not going to find any DNA in it, or if you do, it's going to be very badly degraded because in order to preserve DNA, it's got to be preserved in a very specific way at a very specific temperature without oxygen. Otherwise, it's going to decay away. But yeah, you find a lot of, uh, of bone material inside there. And a lot of people think that the saber-toothed cats are the ones that the, they find the most bones, but not really. We find a lot more dire wolves. The wolves back then were bigger than the wolves we have today, much larger. And most of what we find in there are, are mammoths, mastodons, some saber-tooths, and a lot of wolves. We find birds and other creatures. Now, here, here's a story. Back then, there's a tar pit. It's just sitting there bubbling. Well, there might be a dust storm. Here comes a dust storm and blows leaves off of trees and the dust and leaves cover that tar. 
Now you're a mastodon or a mammoth and you're, you're hungry and you're walking around the, the area. You don't know what's there. You look down the ground and all you see is a bunch of leaves and dirt and dust. You don't know there's a tar pit there and you go in and you're walking along and you step in it. Once you step in it, you can't get out of it. Uh, it's almost like a seep. So they start sinking in and the more they struggle, the more they get sucked into the tar. And now the creature dies or the creature starts to make a lot of noise and those wolves hear that or the wolves oh. smell that. But what they do is they come running up and there's this giant creature laying right there. The top of the, the surface is covered by leaves and dust. They don't know that's tar. They go across it, they get stuck. Or they jump out of the back of the mammoth or mastodon and they can't get off because they get the, the tar pits all around them. So that's, that's one of the ways that these things got caught. They didn't know that it was tar. If they knew it was tar, they would walk across it. So uh, you, you said this a couple of times tonight so far. It's a little off of the subject of the Librarian Tarp because it's way off. But okay. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned a couple of times the size of the dinosaurs. Do you know why they were so big back then? What what was it that that made them so big? I mean, you know, well, yeah, Mother Nature no competition or what? Well, Mother Nature is kind of unique. Um, Mother Nature will let nature take its course and and do what it wants to do. If the temperature is right, there's enough food. The conditions are right. Um, things will grow large. Uh, for example, let's go to the Pennsylvanian period, the Carboniferous period. Uh, again, when we have that great area between Pennsylvania and Illinois where we find all that coal. Back then, the, there was, it was really hot. The oxygen levels were different than they are today, and insects got really large. We've been finding insects with a wingspan of over three feet long. There was a centipede that was over six feet long. Those are insects, and they were that large. Today, they're not that big because the temperatures and conditions and oxygen levels are not where they were back then. So if your environment is good, you got plenty of food, the conditions are right, the oxygen is right, the temperature is right, you're going to continue to grow and get bigger, especially when you're talking about reptiles and insects and things like that. Um, uh, crocodiles and alligators. Right now, they're finding crocs that are much larger than we've been finding in the past. Because first of all, unless you're in on uh, on the what's that show, the the gator swamp people. Unless you're swamp, on swamp yeah. people and shooting gators all the time, they're going to get big. In Australia, they've started pr protecting the the uh, saltwater crocodiles. They're getting larger and larger and larger. So you see that if you don't hunt them, you don't kill them. Reptiles will continue to get large until they finally do die. Um, think about the Galapagos tortoise. Galapagos tortoise are over 100 years old. And how big are they? They're as big as a dinner table. They're really large. For them, the conditions are right. They've got no hunting pressure. Uh, and they just get older and older, larger and larger until they finally do die. So, again, dinosaurs got that large because everything was right for them. The temperature, conditions, oxygen level, food, everything was right. They got big. That's kind of, I, I guess, a, a, an example of a modern day example of that would be. Uh, a goldfish, a goldfish in a little goldfish bowl will only get so big. Yep. It can be there forever and only stay so big. But you take that same goldfish and you put it in a bigger bowl, a bigger area, and it grows bigger. Yeah. Throw, throw, it, out your, throw it out in your pond or throw it in a local right, lake right. and see how big they get. Yeah. Right. Then mm -hmm. they, they give carp size, yep. you know. Mm -hmm. Another modern uh, modern view of that is um, here in Michigan, we've got a place called Fort Michelimackinac. It was a fort during the Revolutionary War period. 
And if you go in there, they reconstructed the rooms and the buildings, and they're all kind of cramped and small. They reconstructed the beds, and the beds were only about five feet long. Well, if I were to lay down in that bed, my feet would be sticking off and my head would be sticking off. Back then, human beings were a lot shorter. Well, because we've got good medical attention, because we've got good uh, food and everything is, is doing well, we are getting to be a bigger and bigger species. We could not live in revolutionary times in their houses, in their homes, in their beds, because everything was much, much smaller back then. You look at some of the uniforms, how small they are. Uh, so again, that's kind of a off the wall analogy, but it's kind of true. Because the conditions are right, we're getting to be bigger and bigger people. Um, that wasn't like that back then. Another great example is the Czech Republic. I'm, my heritage is Czech. I went back to Prague several times, several years ago. And on top of the, uh, the mountain there in Prague, in the city, there's this giant cathedral. They started building that cathedral in 600. And right around the Middle Ages, they built the the cathedral and a, and a walled fort around it. And they built uh, buildings for the people that lived in this service, the king and queen. Well, the doors are just a little bit over four feet tall. The, yeah. the servants back then were quite small. They didn't get good food. They didn't have good medical attention. And those buildings, they, they call it, um, gosh, I can't remember what, now what they call it in Czech, but it's basically that street where all those little houses are, all the doors are very small because again, the people were so much smaller back then. In the Middle Ages, way yeah. off topic. Uh, anybody got any questions? They want to call in and talk to Joe. Yeah, I put, put the, the link number out back there. out. Don't be shy. <laughs> Don't be shy. This is where you get your questions answered. Yeah, and if, they, and if they have any questions at all, you know, like like I said, go to my website. Uh, yep. you can, there's a link there. You can contact me directly. Uh, check out my Facebook page. I'm on Facebook every day. Uh, putting on the fossil of the day. Sometimes people, you know, ask questions there as well. So, uh, yeah, feel free to check me out. Again, like I said, I apologize. I can't take any more friends. I wish Facebook would open that up a little bit. Uh, but I do have a lot of followers, a lot of people just watching uh, the posts every day. Uh, Terry asked, and I'm a, I'm a fan of this question as well, so we'll touch on it. Do you have a fantasy land that you'd like to go to? Like if you had no restrictions, all the money, all the time, where would you be heading? Well, I'm a little bit of a history nut. I love history. I love ancient history. Um, well, you're putting me on a spot here. I love fossils. I love dinosaurs. I might love to go back to, to dinosaur times and see what it was like back then. And again, dinosaurs probably wouldn't matter. Would, would, they wouldn't even look at us because we're so small compared to their size. You know, we'd be, we wouldn't even be a mouthful for a T-Rex. Um, but then again, I'm, I'm really big into history. I'd love to go back in time to ancient Europe and see what the systems were like back then and even go back to Egypt uh, just to see what it was like. Because I look at some of these ancient cultures and I'm not a big believer in the ancient alien TV show. You know, everything's alien, alien, alien. But what was technology like back then? Why? How could the Egyptians build those giant pyramids with or the Incas or the, the Aztecs? Yeah, Aztecs. Again, those cultures, those right. cultures were so smart with what they did. Machu Picchu in Peru. Oh. The, the, the buildings are so tight. The, the, the seams between the rocks are so tight you can't put a piece of paper in there. So right. I, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a closet so archaeologist. Rose. I, I like yeah. that answer. The dude wants a time machine. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a fantastic answer when you're given no restrictions. I like that you want to travel in time. I want a time yeah. machine. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
And Hell yeah. Colorado dinosaurs. Uh, there's a couple of dinosaurs in Colorado. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of formations there. Um, the Morrison Formation in Colorado. Gosh, uh, the Judith River area, uh, Red Deer River coming down out of Canada. A lot of dinosaurs in, in uh, Colorado. Mostly, uh, mostly the Cretaceous dinosaurs. You'll find T. Rexes there, uh, Triceratops, Hadrosaurs. Um, just uh, uh, Colorado is very rich. Um, it just depends on whereabouts in Colorado you are. Uh, but again, there's there's uh, really great dinosaur hunting. Problem is, is most people can't do it. Um, because there are laws, uh, federal laws and state laws that forbid you from picking up vertebrate material, bones and things like that, um, because they're supposed to be important to science. Well, there's two schools of thought on that one. We might get into that in a little bit. But um, the way to dig dinosaurs is join one of the groups that actually goes out and does it. Uh, there's lots of groups out there. One of them is Paleo Adventures. Uh, he does his digging in South Dakota right near Belforsh. Um and you can get you, you'll go digging dinosaurs with him. One of the groups I used to dig with about 15 years ago is the Burpee Museum out of Rockford, Illinois. Um, they go out and they dig at the Morrison Formation in uh, uh, Montana. They also dig in the uh, uh, formation down in uh, in Utah, and uh, they charge. It's a, you got to pay. I mean, you're not going to go there for free, but you you'll pay to go down there. You pay for your own hotel and your travel and stuff. But you will dig dinosaurs. You'll be shoulder to shoulder with paleontologists that are actually doing the work. The one in Utah oh. is one I highly recommend because you will you will be digging dinosaurs. You will be plaster jacketing bones. You will be using the tools and equipment that paleontologists use. And that's the Burpee Museum out of Rockford, Illinois. And there are others. The one I mentioned before that, Paleo Adventures out of uh, South Dakota. You will be digging dinosaurs. He will teach you what to do. Um, and you will be digging shoulder cool. to shoulder paleontologists. So there are lots of opportunities to do that. Um, as a private citizen walking around out in the, in the boonies, don't pick up any bones. Um, They've got rangers out on hilltops with binoculars watching you. You pick up something, you put it in your pocket. You may have get a visit from a, a ranger says, would you just put it in your pocket? Um, dinosaur bone, very difficult. You don't really want to pick up any bone material. Um, it so, gets pretty, pretty sticky. So are there, are there, are there uh, clubs all over the country for uh, fossil hunting? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, we got... We've got clubs all over all over the United States on gold prospecting. Yeah, you know, There's just about lots. every state has you know local prospecting clubs, right? right? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have the Midwest Federation. We've got the Southeast Federation. There, there are a lot of uh, major organizations, and there are clubs everywhere. Uh, off the top of my head, right now, I think we got fifteen or twenty clubs just here in Michigan. But yes, yeah. there are clubs all over the all over the country. Uh, and what the reason I know that is, I've been doing a lot of zooms uh, recently. I've done a zoom with Alabama. I've done two zooms with California. Uh, one with uh, Arlington, Texas, one with New Jersey, one with Connecticut. I actually got a call from England. They wanted me to do a Zoom program with their fossil club in England, and I did that. I got a call from uh, the Cayman Islands. They wanted me to do one there. I said, send me down there. Don't do a Zoom. I want to go. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, let me come. Go, but, so but yeah. so any, any, anybody, you know, like somebody like me, maybe want to go back and look at my family history, uh, could join them. Paleo club, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you live in Toledo, right? Yes. Yeah. Cincinnati's got a great one. It's called the Dry Dredgers. Um, they meet, uh, you know, once a month. And actually, University of Michigan has got one, too. It might be a little closer than Cincinnati. But uh, there are clubs all around. And actually, there is a 
There is a Toledo club too. Uh, a, I don't know. I know there's. I know there's a Gem and Mineral club here in Toledo. Yeah, and and they they do I belong foster. to that. Yeah, they do. And, and there's also the uh, the uh, uh, the fossil dig there in Sylvania. Yeah. Is there is that uh, is there a club affiliated with that or no? Um, that no? that one is a tough one. Uh, these places are starting to dry up. Uh, the one in Sylvania, they've stopped doing that one uh, because people really? were sneaking in uh, no. and they were getting in the quarry and getting hurt. What the quarry does now is they take a bunch of dirt and they bring it out to a place called Olander Park and they dump yeah. the dirt in Olander. You can go do dig through that stuff. You can't use any tools, but you can go to Olander Park and keep all the fossils that you find there. But actually going in the quarry, can't go in there anymore. Most quarries are now shut down. You can't go into quarries because of uh, mining regulations, OSHA regulations, right. you know, and, uh, federal uh, mining regulations. Yeah, uh, you can't really go There's anymore. a quarry north of Van Wert, north, north, northwest of Van Wert, uh, Lafarge. And they took a corner of their property and made it a fossil park where they'll bring dump truck loads out and pour them on the ground. Then the one in north of Cincinnati, what's that, Susanville? Um, um, I know which one you're talking about. Sharonville. Sharonville, yes. Sharonville. Yeah. It's Trammell, Trammell Park in Sharonville, yeah. Right. There's a couple of places where you can do that, yeah. I see there's a, a question from Ken. Uh, harvesting Petoskey stones on beaches. Get as many as you want. Um, there are so many hexagonaria corals, so many Petoskey stones. Uh, fill a bucket with, with them. Um, one I was place wondering I like to go about is, that, uh, Joe. I, I was wondering if he was asking that about the part uh, ver, uh, vertebrates and stuff being illegal to pick up and stuff. Well, Petoskey stones are not vertebrates. Uh, all the invertebrates, you can take as much as you want. Okay. When you're talking about vertebrate, you're talking about something that's got a backbone. Right. Um, Petoskey stones are coral. So, yeah, go, place I like to go is uh, right up in Petoskey. Um, it uh, begins with an M. You got me on a – it's getting late. I got to get my coffee. Um, <laughs> God, well, yeah, up in Petoskey, there's a beach just to the left of the police station. It's a public uh, beach and a public park. It's camping there, and you can uh, collect fossils there. Uh, over by Sunset Park, Sunset Beach, there's a giant rock wall there to hold the, hold the lake back. But when the water level is low, you can jump down in the water, walk along that shore, and you'll find a lot of Petoskeys there. Um, around the lake shores of Michigan, you're going to find them. Uh, again, when they're rough, when they're rough like this, they're called hexagonaria coral. Once they get rounded by wind and rain and, and wave action and sand, then they're closer to Petoskey stones. Hmm. I have. We have one around here somewhere. We got a, we got a big one around here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I've got Look. a rock garden outside. I've got a couple of really nice large ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rocks. You said uh, that you had a couple show pieces. Is that correct? You had a couple of show and tells. Yeah, you must have missed them all. I, I've been bringing them up throughout the whole show. I had the crinoids. I had, uh, yeah, this guy right here. You didn't see that guy? No, that that's right where I came into. Right where you came. And you yeah. said you got that in Illinois, correct? Uh, this one came from uh, uh, Indiana, Crawfordsville, Indiana. Okay. Yeah, Crawfordsville. It's right near Indianapolis. It's an area again that was devastated by the storms. But the fossilization is beautiful because there was a lot of silt that came in and just knocked everything down and buried it right away. 
when an animal dies, there's also a lot of scavenger activity. And again, in certain parts like Wyoming, where we find the fossil fish, um, everything in that ecosystem was killed. So there were no scavengers and no shrimp and crabs, you know, tearing apart the creatures. Uh, same thing here. Nothing there to disarticulate, to tear it apart. Uh, even the, the wave action and, and water action didn't tear it apart. It got buried so quickly. And that's why there's, uh, they're so beautifully preserved like that. What's your, uh, what's your crown gym? What's your very favorite piece that you have? Don't have one yet. Um, there's, uh -huh. <laughs> this is one of the crinoid calyxes right there. And there's a couple of uh, cystoids right there. Um, I also have uh, three museum exhibits that tour the country. Um, I was a museum director for a bunch of years and I quit about 20 years ago now. I hated wearing a suit and tie. And uh, because I was a museum director, I learned about how to make museum exhibits. I've got one touring on trilobites uh, called Trilobite Treasures, Arthropods of the Ancient Seas. I've got one called Dinosaur Prep Lab where I set up a lab in a museum and periodically I'll go in and I'll clean dinosaur bones for the public. And I've got another one called Fossils of the Michigan Basin. And uh, they're all full of fossils that either I found or, or got through trading or, or buying. Um, I myself have found a lot of great stuff. Um, a lot of it is in those exhibits right off the top of my head right now. Uh, in New York, I found two beautiful Delmonites trilobites about that long, and they were side by side. And I'll tell you what, um, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess this thing up. I know how to screen share, but I don't know if I actually have a picture of that one. Why don't you guys talk amongst yourselves for a minute? If I yeah. lose you, if we, I lose we, you, I apologize. We, we, we already know about each other, so. All right. I, I'm a digger. I'm not a tech-savvy guy, so let me minimize this and find that picture, and then I'll put it up, and we'll screen share, and I'll show you. Go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, okay, but we're going to be talking to you while you're okay. doing that. <laughs> Go for it. Yes. Yeah, sorry, it was uh, late, okay. guys. We can, we can say hi to some of our people that, that showed up here recently. Let Dr. Have... Thomas, folks. Hey, Ray Russo, what's up, buddy? Ray Hollywood Russo, the star of yeah. uh, Frozen Gold. And I Jonathan saw Brian Brand. Wilder, the star yeah. of Bering Sea Gold on Discovery Channel. I saw Brian in here, Terry Curry. Terry we'll Marshall, see. our friend from Down Unders, yep. with us. Bob McCoy was in here. Yeah. Yep. Thomas Folks, what's up? And, of course, you know, as soon as I started talking, as soon as Joe started talking about, you know, ancient times. And fossils. The Bill Marsh brings you up. Yeah. He's probably old, too. Okay. I'm back for a minute. Um, okay. You find it? Yeah, I got it. Uh, there's a couple more. I'm going to probably, I'm going to try to sneak in here too. Um, but there's a, there's a deposit near Rochester where we're finding these, these great creatures. And sometimes they get piratized. Uh, fool's gold. You guys are into gold. Sometimes I'm into fool's gold. Uh, iron pyrite is a very peculiar metal. Um, when it's exposed to the air, you know, you start getting those beautiful gold flecks. But once it's right. exposed to the air, it starts to deteriorate and turn uh, uh, blue or, or turn dark or it starts to rust. Well, fossils sometimes are preserved in golden uh, in iron pyrite. And I was Ooh. digging in the area and I broke apart this rock. And inside there, I found a couple of uh, Delmonides trilobites. And let me pull them up right there. Can you see those? Oh, no? yeah. 
Yes, we so can these, see them. Yeah, these are the Delmonetti's trilobites. They're uh, about two and a half to three inches long. And this rock broke right through here. You can actually see where their crack is right there. And uh, when I broke it open, there were two halves. And one side has got the eyes break off in it, and it's got part of the exoskeleton. Then you've got the other side, the positive side. Well, when this broke open, uh, I saw both of those guys side by side, and, and it was just one of the one of the nice nice collection or nice pieces that I found. Uh, I also found a, a part of a dinosaur in Utah, um, a Camarasaurus dinosaur. Uh, I mean, every time I go digging, whatever I'm digging for that area one of those becomes my favorite. Uh, so really it's, it's very difficult for me to pick one over another. Um, your, your, your favorites rotate, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of, uh, gosh, you know, there's so many, I mean, right. This time, I, I, which, which, yeah. which, which, uh, nugget of yours is the, the, your favorite, you know, which gold nugget do you like? You know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I like them all. I was yeah. going to say I like them all. I can show you. I can show you some, but you know, I like. I like. Well, here, I like this. All this fine gold dust and stuff in here. I like yeah. that. As, as much as I like these, you know. But yeah. those are more special. These are more special, but I still, I still like them equally, you know. So it's hard to say. Those three are his first three. Those are my first three gold, I ever found. Wild gold nuggets he captured in California. Yep. That was a fun okay. trip. I so, just, yeah. Uh, my favorites just, become the ones I just got. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see here. I just pulled something else up here. Let me go back to screen share for a second. And sometime in the future, if you guys want, um, I've got some canned PowerPoint programs that I do uh, that are really educational and informational. And the piece I'm going to show you right now comes from one of those programs. So maybe in the future, if you want me to do one of those, I can I can do that. But let me. You guys got that? Can you see that or no? No. Nope. No. All right. Uh, start screen share. How about now? Yeah. Okay. That's this, this crazy old gray haired man right there. And I was working in the sediment and it's really nice uh, flat shale right here. That's a, bun a bunch of rubble. That's our rubble pile. As we break it off here, we toss it over our shoulders. Well, right here is the rock that I broke apart. And right there is one of the trilobites. And down below here is another one of the trilobites. And this is a better picture here. Uh, there's one of the Delmonites and then there's another Delmonites there. And oh, what we do. Uh, okay. When we dig them out, um, because we don't always do our own pre preparing, our own prep work. So what I did is I put some registration marks, some red marks right there to show the guy who's going to be doing the prep how it goes back together. Because he'll get a box of rocks and he doesn't know what to do with them. So this right. way we make those registration marks so he knows how to line it up. And there were a bunch more pieces that went with that. But that kind of shows you what we have to do um, in order to, to bring them back and, and put them back together. So. Um, cool. that's, that's, that's that one that you saw the gold one. That's what it looked like when it first right. came out of the ground. Well, that's cool. That's again, you know, uh, we're all interested in, in fossils because we do come across them, yep. you know, just about, just about every time you go out, 
we're finding fossils, arrowhead, just you know everything. Right. Um, and it's it's nice to know to be able to 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 uh, have a little more information on what we're finding and how we can keep from destroying it ourselves. Because I know that I've destroyed pieces. Yeah, it's I I can't tell you how many times I've broken a fossil. I can't tell you. It's it's yeah. Sometimes right. you put your chisel, you put your chisel on that crack and you hit it, and right there happened to be a, a really great fossil. It's getting <laughs> late. I got to get out of here. Are there any more questions out there before I run? Uh, um, you heard them. Any anybody is. Are there any other questions you like before he has to take off? Again, if you guys want to, okay. uh, just get on my, my site. My wife, uh, Paleo, Paleo my Joe. Wife has, yeah, my yeah. wife has one more question. Sure. Go ahead. What's an ammonite? What is that? Um, ammonites are uh, a creature called a cephalopod. They're related to modern-day octopus and squid. Back then, the ammonites had a hard external shell. Uh, that held uh, the head and the tentacles and the mouth and the eyes. Today, octopus don't have those. Uh, they've kind of lost that shell. They don't need it anymore. Uh, yeah, he's got one. Dano's got one right there. Uh, what they are is basically a shelled octopus. Uh, we do have a creature today that's very similar to that, the nautilus. Uh, it's also a cephalopod. And cephalopod means, cephala means head and pod means foot. So basically these creatures are a head and a foot. Uh, the head has got the tentacles and the foot is a little piece that goes inside the body. And ammonites are just basically uh, shelled uh, shelled octopus. That's a wow. simple way of saying what they are. Oh, thank there you. you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, please feel free to jump on and, and check out Paleo Joe on Facebook or go to my website, paleojoe.com. Uh, I do this kind of stuff all the time. If you want to see the fossil of the day, jump on to Facebook and you'll see fossil of the day every day. I well, put your, it's pinned up at the top of the chat, Joe. I have your website, your Facebook uh, page, and not your personal page, the other one. Right, yeah. And then I have your YouTube channel up there, too. I know several have went over and subscribed. I'm sure yeah. you'll have a few new followers over on Facebook, and Hopefully, someone will be purchasing some fossils from your store. Well, that'd be nice. Help me, uh, help me get it back out there and dig. Get some more money to go out and find us some more digs. And <laughs> get some more digging in. Yeah. One, one of these days, I hope to meet you at a rock and gem show, like Jesse. I I was gonna go to that one, but something happened and I didn't make it. I'll be going to actually Toledo this year was down in Bowling Green. Uh, they they go to the uh, Fulton County Fairgrounds and we're going to the Fulton County Fairgrounds next year. We'll be in Bowling Green uh, for the Toledo show down there. So anyway, y'all, thanks a lot. I got to run. Everyone. Says thank you, you. Thank you very much, Joe. Take care. No problem. Have fun. Later. I hear the sweetie. <laughs> A sweetie. Yeah, Joe's very informative. Uh, if if you really, you know, if you get into it, uh, go check out his uh, his page. And and you know, during your when you're out prospecting and stuff, you know, and you come across something and you want to find out what it is, you go to his Facebook page and pose the question. And uh, if he doesn't answer it, there's plenty of people. Just like on this community, there's plenty of people there that will answer and talk to you about it. Uh, so, yeah. 
that's how I met y'all. It was, it was, uh, it's been, it's been fun. Very, hey, very Colin, how guy. you doing, Heavy Metal Detective H. Douglas? Um, yeah, it was another interesting time. He told me he, I don't think I'll be able to do the two hours with you. And I'm like, hey, whatever you can give us, man, we'll take Yeah. Hey, you know, almost built it in two hours. It. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? He, he really like it, it in the chat. You guys all said it too. He kept you enthralled the entire time. We didn't, we didn't have to do much talking because he was keeping us entertained the entire time. It was fantastic. Well, when I, when I met him at the, at the, uh, the gem show in Toledo that one year, the dude never stopped. I mean, <laughs> if he wasn't talking to me, he was talking to somebody else. If he wasn't talking to that person, he'd be talking to somebody constant, constant, constant. <laughs> he was, had no problem answering questions, just rambling on about what they were talking about. Kind of how it is at shows like that, right, Jesse? Mm -hmm. What are we yep. doing when we're in the panning booth or oh, something? Yeah. Talk, yep. talk, 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 talk. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff from GoPro Unlimited, he gave us 10 hours of knowledge in one hour. <laughs> oh, about yeah. an hour and a quarter, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Ray Rusa, call in, Brian says. Might have to scroll up for the link. Uh, you had your opportunity to call in, Brian. Hey, James. Um, and my angry prospector brother, James Van Cleef. Good to see you, brother. Um, Rose, it's good to have you back. Good to be back. Good to be yeah, back. Feeling, feeling much better. Really good. Really, really, really good. Excellent. Like Excellent. I, I do say, so next Tuesday is my six-week marker. I'll be seeing my doctor then, and I I feel like I'm going to get the clear to get out of bed. So I, I hope he says that everything's good because I feel amazing. Oh, that's, that's good. good. Just heal, sis. Just heal. Yeah. So tired of it. <laughs> Sick of it, guys. <laughs> so tired of it. But I see that you got your, uh, I, I'm guessing you got your computer fixed, or did you have to buy something new? Uh, no, I, I had another gaming tower, which I wasted. Uh, when I was transitioning from my laptop to a tower, I tried going what I thought would be a cheaper route, you know, much like Jesse's Avenue with, with printing stuff. Um. I bought a used gaming tower, which the graphics card was same one I have, but a lot, lot older and no longer updatable. And it needed a bigger power supply and on and on. And um, I, I invested in that. I paid, don't tell Judy, but I paid like 450 for that tower. Then I put like another 300 into it. And wow. then it was glitching and doing other stuff. And I took it back to the guys and said, what's up? And they go, well, your tower's actually kind of too old for what you want. And 
to be honest, I haven't been to Tech Guys in Delphus ever since then um, because they could have told me that in the first place. Yeah, for and sure. And then that money could have went into a tower built and bought through them and not me going somewhere else. So my tower was more or less instead of costing me a grand it cost me 1700 man <laughs> but oh, man. i i took that tower in with my tower and, and i i go i believe it's just the power supply the way it acted and stuff i believe it's just the power supply i have a brand new bigger one in this tower and if if you can use the RAM from this tower and this power supply, you can keep the tower and whatever else you can salvage in it. That yeah. DVD Blu-ray burners, brand new, never used. I got that in that tower too at the same time with the other power supply. And uh, it, they ended up having it they were supposed to call me, but I ended up going into their shop and he's kind of a really good, great guy, knows his stuff, but he's kind of so smart, nerdy. He's kind of, uh, I guess forgetful. He's, he's kind of like here, there, over here and kind of squirrel nerd, you know, so I could understand him forgetting call me he said he was going to call me with with the estimate and i went <laughs> i'm like okay it's it's been three days they said they would have called me the next day i'm gonna go in and they had it ready for me and and he's it was less than a hundred bucks and later nice nice 86 Yo, when I was, so or something like that so when I was a mechanic, when I was working as a mechanic, the customer I always hated the most, I didn't hate him, but the one that, that always bugged me the most, I guess, was the guy that come in and tell me what was wrong with his car <laughs> and told me to fix it. Fix and it I always thought in my head, well, wait a minute. If you know what's wrong with your car, why aren't you fixing it? You know? Why don't you just let me figure out what's wrong? No, I know what's wrong with your car. <laughs> I know what's wrong with my car. Just fix what I tell you. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you just let me do the diagnostic on it? No, just fix what I want you to fix. Okay. And yeah. then there you fix it. And then he's like, it's still doing the same thing. Why didn't you do what I say? All uh, right. I did do what you said, exactly. and it ain't what you, you didn't said, do what I said. and you didn't let me do a diagnostic. So why don't you take it down to Mosul Auto, Auto down the road, don't bring it back type thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, if uh, I know I told you guys, but my computer crashed last week as well. It crashed out. It just... I, uh, the keyboard wasn't working, so it recommended I try a few things. And when I tried those few things, the screen went black and it never turned back on. And uh, 
I am talking to you guys on my new Christmas present from my husband, my new fancy spancy laptop. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Pretty, I can pretty tell it's you. You look new. <laughs> <laughs> I uh it's got Bluetooth capability on it, so I'm now like my speakers are on Bluetooth now. Like it's I don't have to plug in any cords to it anymore, and the battery's so fresh that I can keep it unplugged for a while. It's really nice. <laughs> Did it's we really lose nice. Dana? Yeah, uh, he yeah. had the I don't know if you read the chat, he had a family emergency. No, I didn't. I missed it. Yeah. I missed it. Oh, Barb hit a deer. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Barb's <laughs> all right. Yeah, me too. He 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 had it out pretty quick, so hopefully, hopefully everything's okay. Oh, I missed it. She hit a deer. Wow. Well, wonder if the meat's still good. So, I hope so. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like a nice laptop he sent you. You shared it with us on chat or on text. Yeah. Oh, and the next day he got an email from Best Buy saying it was on sale for two hundred dollars cheaper. So he called them and they refunded him that money. Wow. Nice. Cool. Yes. So he got. He ended up getting a sale deal on it. I'm really stoked. Uh, he had been asking, you know, like let me buy a new one. And I was like, no, the old one works just fine. You know, waste not, want not. And finally, he crapped out and goes, well, do you want your Christmas present early? And I was like, yes, I do. Uh. Ohio Relic Hunter says, hopefully she didn't hit one of those giant paleo deers. Yeah, right. no doubt. Uh, now, Mr. Lodak, I, I, I believe in the Samaritan history and some other books and scriptures, and I believe there are giants in the land in those days. Men of renown. Well, yeah. you know that I think that was I think that was part of the reason why I asked that question about why were animals so big, <laughs> and and I mean there there are I guess two schools on that one that says no and one that says yes. You yeah. know, there's that way with everything though, isn't there? Right. I, yeah. you know, well, there's evidence there and the Smithsonian has hit a lot of it. And academia will tell you one thing when right. we, they'll tell us a lot of things that aren't quite so and the narrative they want us to believe. So, right. I know, well, like, why are we, why is this being covered up? That's what I want to know. I, I believe they're real. My father says he's seen them himself when he was on digs when he was younger. So what I want to know is why are they hiding it? Why are they saying they're not real? Uh, my, my opinion? Not real. Uh, because of academics and religion. Giants. Science and religion, yeah. Or... Yep. True religion, more or less, you know, instead of what we know nowadays. Well, I guess organized religion's always been a money-grabbing business. But, mm -hmm. um, and, and, you I, know, I think it's... And the government, the government will never admit when it's wrong, so... No, no. Most bureaucracies won't admit when they're wrong. And uh, uh, <laughs> Michael, because they are aliens. 
we're not saying it's aliens. We're saying it's aliens. Now, I, I really don't believe in flying saucers flying around the world, but I do believe in interdimensional travels, different dimensions. Well, yeah, there's another. I believe in. I believe, minute, I believe in. in I believe in spaceships flying around the world, but they're not from space. They're from here. They're from here, and they're interdimensionals. Right. Right. Could call them demonic. If you want to get that deep into it, how deep in the rabbit hole do you want to go? Well, I'm just, I want to know opinions because I just think it's so strange that. But that's something. I mean, we have giant, the giant dinosaurs. We have, you know, it's that, lots of. Look, that's just one of many things they don't want us to know about. Why? Because they don't think we can handle it, and they're probably right. <laughs> we're pretty weak. We're pretty weak uh, species on this uh, planet. I guess I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Hey, the only thing that keeps us. The only thing that keeps us viable is our brain. Because we sure the hell don't have the, the strength physically to to survive without our brain. Yeah. Ray Russo was the aliens doing DNA testing, effing with DNA, making weird things, playing mad scientists in their saucers. Here, okay, <laughs> we like like on uh that when aliens <laughs> attacked or whatever they they beamed up like that reporter and put her head on a poodle and uh mars attacks mars attacks mars, yeah yeah tuesday, <laughs> tuesday, tuesday night black hole live oh <laughs> uh, you know get me started you guys brought it up first um so does oh there you go good good one jaren the aliens had to make us smaller to keep us under control well you know the they they say the antioki came down from the heavens and created man to mine gold to power their spaceships or power something um so which way do we want to go? Maybe that's why we all get gold fever so easily. Because it's actually a theory I've heard heard before. It's like almost genetically ingrained in us to to hunt for gold. And he says he's a squatch. We we now have Sasquatch that uses computers and watch YouTube. It's amazing this. 22nd, 20, 21st century. Jeez. <laughs> See what living in two centuries does to you, sis? <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, that, it, it was, a, we had Joe a little longer the last time. Were you with us yet when we had him on before? No, that was my first time. That was my first experience. 
Yeah, we've had him on before, and he was a good guest. He's been a little longer time with us last time, though. So he yeah. seemed he seemed busy. He seemed a little pre pre like he he had something to do. Well, yeah, he was like, yeah, um, I can't give you an hour. I I don't have all the windows up that I had before, so. Um, I'm like, hey, whatever, like I said, I'm like, hey, if however long we can have you, we'll take, you know. Yeah, right. yeah, it's worth it. No Bigfoots <laughs> in Utah either. So Utah has no fossils, no dinos, no gold. No, no, no minerals whatsoever, no pretty rocks. Just a bunch of empty Spanish caves and... And Jaren. And Mr. And Lodak and and the Mormon Church and Sister <laughs> Wives and GoPro Unlimited. Oh, <laughs> uh, we forgot Matt too. Bigfoot prospecting. There is Bigfoot in Utah. You fibbed. So a uh, lot of wives, more wives. No Jeffs, no Jurens, no Mats. <laughs> and lots of wives, more wives. <laughs> and dino bones and flying saucers. How do you know, Randy? You're not from Utah. Uh, not Swift Water, Randy Scotty Tony. Um, <laughs> I I kind of crack up with when whenever someone says "Hey, Swifty," and it's Randy Scott. Right, Tony. it is that. <laughs> it, it's kind of like when we call uh, Bill Marsh uh, Shane, Go. or someone calls Shane Ohio Relic Hunter. <laughs> Hey, Ringo, incoming call. No incoming call. Sorry. Second times that's happened on the show, someone calling me on my Skype. What the heck? Was it one yeah, of you, yeah. Brian, Ray? They both have my Skype, I think. Check out Jimmy Cors Corsetti from Bright Inside on YouTube. That guy will blow your mind. Okay, Colin, I'll check it out. I'll have to copy and paste that name here. I don't know. It was do right. I, oh. I want to check it out? Really, Colin? Knowing you, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> and this year, I'm having a hard time telling if the, some of these comments are sarcasm or truth. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm already subscribed <laughs> to him. Yeah, he's talks all kinds of hidden stuff about the room they found in, under the Sphinx and stuff. I'm subscribed to like a cabillion channels. I've been on here forever. 
Do you ever forget that you're subscribed oh, to the channel and then Ray? something pops up and you're like, go? Oh. oh, hold on a second, Ray. Let me. Oh yeah, I have a have... link. Yeah. In fact, the other day I, I looked at my YouTube and and my subscription count. What the hell am I doing with three hundred subscriptions? Subscribers Who who the hell am I watching? <laughs> All and, kinds and, of and, people, and, salty right, crackers, and who else? Do you? Oh yeah, re music reactors and. Uh, yeah, I've been watching people. a few of them. Um, all kinds of stuff. You, you. Oh, able... dude! Remember last week I told you I was watching uh, Christmas Carol movies. Yeah. Throughout from now until Christmas, I mean, I've made so many of them. Just there's just tons of this story out there by different people. Make I watched one last night that was written and directed by Rod Serling in 1964. His version of Christmas Carol. Oh my God! Talk about dark shit or stuff. Yeah. I mean, this was a dark, dark version. <laughs> Rod Surly from Twilight Zone wrote it. We have Mr. Uh, Ray Russo in the Ray. house. As soon as he gets his mic turned on, God, turn on your mic, buddy. He knows that, and but he yeah. don't know how to do it. He forgets how to do it every time. He has Skype. You know, I missed his his watch party Sunday. Turn your mic on, Ray. Hey, you got to hover over the bottom left part of your screen. There, yep. there you go. All right. Well, fuck. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Beep. Actually, I only called in for one reason. I wish I had thought about it when your uh, Paleo Joe guy was in. One of the things that uh, even Brian Miller, I think, has seen him. Is these uh, silly mastodon tusks? When they find them in the tundra, they're still soaking wet because they're kind of like in um, ice, right. right? And when you pull them out, they start drying out, and then they split like crazy, like long fractures all the way down the entire tusks. It, it, you know, in the layers of the tusk as the tusk is being built. Right, right. I wonder if he had a, a tricky way of preserving those. That would have, yeah, you should have uh, called in. That glue solution he made. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't think about it until after he was getting ready to hang up. And by then, he was already trying to say goodnight. So I was like, well, <laughs> okay. I guess uh, I plastic beads go. and what was it? Acetone or something? Yeah, something. Yes. Go to his Facebook yes. page. Pose that question to him. He'll answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but you gotta, but you gotta page. tell them. You gotta tell them that you saw them on our show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, by the way, Rose, I'm impressed with your mug. Yeah, I oh. got it. It's how I've been keeping myself hydrated. Oh, oh my God, Rose. <laughs> yeah, three a day, three a day with nothing but water. I'm so bummed, Rose. Uh, Mama Kitty spazzed. One night and had to come well, over. Anyhow, that was my only me. comment. I'll go ahead and hang up. Your well, only if comment. You want. Okay. Well, I, you know, I. 
Hey, who, who are we gonna? Who are we gonna? Who you been doing flash raids now with? Uh, we haven't been doing much flash raids. You haven't been doing no flash raids lately. No one. Who's who's on? Who's live after us? I I have no idea. That's why I asked you. Again. That's yeah. why I asked you. You, you <laughs> we don't know. Ed and Let's shit. Go, hey, we can we can always go find some rando YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the live schmuck. right now? You gotta look for a random schmuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's this? Earth Radio's live right now. What's he doing in my time slot? What? Oh, get him, man! Get him right now. He's fired. I've thought don't, about don't it. Don't make. Talk to the audience. Was he and, he wasn't in here tonight, was he? A fan yeah, he Brad. came in Not late like... and popped in and left. You're talking about Tolv? Randy Tolver? No, uh, Ronald, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ronald. Ronald Tolver? Yeah. Oh, that's some bitch. Oh, Rose, yeah. but before here, I'm going to I'm gonna turn on my camera and zoom. Uh, can you see me? I see yeah. Hey, by the way, by the oh no, Mama Kitty, Mama Kitty, those darn cats, that darn cat, that bums me out. You don't know how bad that bums me out, sis. I'm sorry for you. Boo hoo. I know. My wife got me one two Christmas ago. As I love it, man. It says, "Wake up, drink coffee, poop, be awesome." <laughs> it's my got my coffee mugs. Got all my yeah. vape batteries in there. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a pretty good sized coffee cup collection upstairs. He has to say coffee cups you you form attachments to, you know. If you're if you're an avid coffee drinker, your coffee cup is a part of, of who you are. Well, I just kind of like yeah. them too. I mean, I I actually did steal one from Greenland. And it's oh. Stolen. Uh, I didn't pay for it, man. I I thieved it, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's my souvenir. I I thieved it from a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so, so uh, did, you, did you guys did you have to pay for your own hotel, or did they take care of that? They finally took care of it. They finally. Oh. They finally, I mean, I had a $4,800 bill, a credit card bill, basically. And I told them, well, I wasn't going to do nothing. I wasn't cooperating for nothing unless they paid it. They, they paid it just, I mean, like three days before the show aired. <laughs> three, months, three months on a $4,800 bar bill, pretty cheap, you ask me. <laughs> now we we need to we need to raid Ert Radio and give that guy a hard time. He's still uh, live right now, huh? Yeah, yeah, that guy's still live. I, I'm gonna call him a two timer. I'm gonna call him a two timer. Is that his link, Jared? All right. Well, I'm gonna bail off. I'm gonna bail off and go bitch him out. See ya. <laughs> well, the link to his live is posted in the live chat. All right, <laughs> let's go troll Tolbert. 
Uh, Let's go troll Earth Radio. We could talk about aliens and flying saucers, you know. He's all into that stuff. So. All right, I'm coming in. I'm going in, going to yell raid. Uh, so. Raid! <laughs> well, let's close it up before we do the raid. Uh, right. Next week, there, everybody, guys. join us when we have Busted Knuckles prospecting on. And um, then we have my... I don't have my list up here anymore. Uh, I believe the 28th is an open line Tuesday. Uh, we're going to have a sneak attack by Keithy Six. And he's going to talk about how the FBI raided his house about relics that he's recovered from the, the woods of Washington. So that will be on Open Line Tuesday. Kind of a special That's cool, yeah. In. So, everybody, thank you all very much. Be safe during this time of year. Love you all. Until next time, may you always have a flash in your pan. You know what he's going to say next. That's right, because it happens, right, Rose? Right, over to the other channel, <laughs> Randy, Scotty, Tony, JP. Good night, everybody. Maybe one day, too, we'll meet you on the river or who knows, Menards. Wherever. Trader of turn this fast so I can hear it. It is somewhere. Let's yeah. go, Raider Radio. See you there. Oh, I know you, you got the bug. Why do you not have a Five, four, three, two, one.